Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, Screen the Screener listeners out there. Thank you so much for tuning in, carving out some time for the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Mike Randall and I, Gus Kearns, uh, love bringing you college basketball knowledge each and every week, even during the offseason. Mike's done an unbelievable job uh, bringing you the breakdown of what if the 2018 bracket follows the exact same recipe as the 2017 bracket and that breakdown was pretty cool he used joe lenardi's uh, bracketology most recent august uh, edition and he had nevada making the elite eight and virginia tech making the final four just fantastic stuff when isn't college basketball relevant and when isn't college basketball exciting even with just a simple breakdown like that that was through the roof cool and it totally correlates with a couple of the podcasts that uh, I did, were, which brought you uh, who's going to be the next big thing. We mentioned both Virginia Tech and Nevada as possible breakthrough teams this particular season. So independently, Mike and I are both championing two similar teams. Go Hokies, go Wolfpack. We just wanted to wish everybody a happy start to school out there. We also wanted to wish everybody a happy start to football season. Uh, good luck in your fantasy football endeavors, whatever those may be. Uh, personally, myself, I am not a big fantasy football player. Uh, Mike Randall is a fantasy football personality, so he is knee-deep in it right now, and he is very excited for the start of the season. Um, we also want to wish everybody a, a happy you know, U.S. Open Finals. Hope everybody's enjoying some tennis, and if you're a college football fan, enjoy that as well. But mainly, happy start to school. I hope everybody gets off to a good start. I hope everybody likes their professors, their teachers, their classes, their classmates. Um, and uh, make sure you thank an educator out there uh, if you're one of those people and you really like your situation. Uh, so today, what I was hoping to do for everybody, Mike gave you his top 25 rundown, which is absolutely fantastic. A couple of the highlights from uh, Mike Randall's top 25 rundown included uh, putting uh, Xavier and Providence in the top 25, so two Big East teams uh, starting off his top 25. He had uh, uh, Baylor and St. Mary's uh, right in the middle in the teens. He put Northwestern and Minnesota uh, in the teens as well, so two Big Ten teams uh, prominently in the Sweet 16. Uh, he had his Valentine, Cincinnati, and McCronin, of course, in the top uh, 25. And then his, just quickly to review, his top four were number one, Michigan State, and you guys know how he feels about Miles Bridges. Number two, Arizona. You also know how he feels about DeAndre Ayton. 
number three, Kentucky, and number four, Duke. So you had Kansas, Wichita State, uh, USC, and Louisville knocking on the door uh, for that top four position in Mike Randall's rundown. So what I thought I'd do is I'd give you a rundown as well on the top teams coming into this season. But instead of just leaving it at a top 25, and this is how we started the Screen the Screener podcast originally. One of the first Screen the Screener podcasts that we ever put out was a simple rundown of teams that Mike and I had taken notes on in a notebook and then put into a Google document and then spit out to you guys as best as we could. Hopefully we've improved a smidgen since then. Uh, and thank you so much if you were one of those first listeners that tuned in then and have stuck with us this whole entire time. Cheers, salancha, gratulatia. We totally appreciate you guys hanging on and sticking with us this whole entire time. And for those of you new listeners, we're happy to have you aboard as well. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for listening to a friend or thank you for uh, what if you had a Twitter search or a Google search and you dug us out. So thank you for doing that as well. Uh, so I'm not going to give you a top, I'm not going to give you a top 25. That's not my thing. I, I, I don't think I, I, don't, I think if you've listened to the podcast or if you're new to the podcast, you'll find out that, uh, Mike and I are both very opinionated in, in multiply, multiple different ways. Uh, Mike will give it to you, shoot it to you straight myself. I'm going to go a little off the radar every so often. So instead of giving you a top 25, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, what are the teams that are going to get to that first weekend in the NCAA tournament. So I'm going to give you a top 32. Those teams at the bottom will give you a quick little run through, and I'll do a little deeper dive on some of the teams that are closer towards the top. Mike and my own top rankings will not mirror each other. Don't worry. We will not overlap. We'll give you a little bit of the same teams, but definitely not in the same places, and definitely not for the same reasons. So here comes the screen, the screener, top 32, set, uh, getting to the weekend lineup in August. I mean, in August and September. This is, this is, this is prime stuff. We hope that you enjoy it. Here we go, folks. I'm going to start with 32 and then go straight up to the top 25. We'll go to the top 25. We'll get a little bit deeper. Number 32, 32nd team that's going to make it to the second weekend is Michigan. Michigan had a great run last year. Uh, Mike mentioned their uh, epic game with Oregon with Walton shots just careening off the rim. If that shot goes down. Perhaps Michigan continues their their Cinderella uh, type ride and their fairy tale type season after the unbelievable uh, uh, circumstances that they had towards the end of their season during uh, uh, because of their travel. Um, they have Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman back. I bet he's going to do a little bit more because he did it all last season. Nine points per game. I'm thinking that he's going to have a bigger role. I really liked him last year. Uh, Duncan Robinson uh, is like a perfect stretch four, stretch three for this Michigan team. A very beeline type player. Uh, he averaged almost eight points a game, and he can shoot it from deep. Uh, he will get a ton of open shots due to their offense that they run. Uh, the one guy that we really keyed on and we, we, we highlighted his game against UCLA last year uh, when they had that up and down 50-50 uh, halftime game out in Pauley Pavilion is Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner, uh, 12 points a game, and the key is only in 24 minutes a game. I think he's going to be all Big Ten. I think he's going to put up some big numbers. I, I think with DJ Wilson leaving and him maybe getting some more of that responsibility, 
let's say, Mo Wagner for first team all Big Ten. And a guy to keep an eye on, uh, we're going to try to give you a couple of under-the-radar guys, and I'll give you a couple of predictions along the way here, is Charles Matthews, 6'6 transfer from Kentucky. Uh, I can see him getting on the floor and playing a role, especially in uh, Beeline's offense. It seems like he's a perfect fit, like that 6'6-ish, little bit do-everything guard, can shoot it, can drive it, can handle it. Um, so let's keep an eye on him as the Michigan uh, season moves forward. Okay, off to 31. 31, we're going to talk about Stanford. And Stanford is going to be a team that's going to be something to reckon with. I think they're going to be led by Reed Travis. I really love Reed Travis, 6'8", uh, undersized uh, power forward, or just right power forward for a college basketball. Average 17 points and about nine boards. Lock up Reed Travis for all Pac-12 first team. Not even us. An issue. That guy is serious business. He's a big-time player. I bet he gets some honorable mention, All-American mentions as well. Um, cool little backcourt they have. They have uh, Robert Cartwright, 2-to-1 assist ratio, which we really like to pay attention to. And they also have uh, the John Zavis, uh, 6'3", top 50 recruit, fresh freshman coming in. So they have uh, some nice ball handlers in the backcourt. And in a traditional uh, Stanford uh, uh, tr uh, tradition, for lack of a better word, they do have a ton of bigs. They got Josh Sharma, who's 7'1", uh, junior. He's your required big that they have, that, that you need. Uh, Cody Pugh, 6'8", redshirt frosh, really big. Oscar uh, De La Silva, 6'9", uh, frosh from Germany. And also they have uh, uh, Kizi Okopla. Uh, 6'8 swing, who's a top 30 recruit. So I think he might be um, playing alongside Reed Travis. So they're going to have a ton of bigs to run in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know Reed Travis is going to get a ton of the uh, touches, but they're, gonna they're not going to be in any sort of foul trouble whatsoever. Um, so I really like Stanford this year. I'm going to put them at 31. 30. Let's go. Let's stay in the Pac-12. Let's stick with Oregon. The reason I'm going to put Oregon here is simply because their starting five is going to be pretty nasty. And it's like a mishmash group from all over the place. They do have one holdover uh, from last year's Final Four team. Uh, Pritchard, I love Peyton Pritchard. I think he's going to put up big numbers. A real gutsy player, not afraid of the big shot. Uh, will handle the ball in crucial situations and take care of it and not turn it over. He loves the big moment. Really like Pritchard. I think he's going to have a big year. It may not be a big year numbers-wise, but I think it's going to be a big year performance-wise. Uh, they have the freshman uh, Troy Brown coming in. I really like Brown. He's like one of these perfect college basketball in-betweeners where he's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and can do a little bit of everything. And then the rest of the starting five is going to be this mismatch of transfers. Uh, they have Elijah Brown coming in from New Mexico, a uh, very impactful player, uh, average double fig figures in New Mexico. Uh, the, the key of their transfers is, is uh, Mikhail McIntosh from Illinois State. Uh, the, the grad transfer uh, was a key part of that uh, Illinois, uh, a key part in the Valley for that team. I really liked him coming back. Um, he, that's a great get for the Oregon Ducks. And then, uh, Paul White from Georgetown, who's a 6'9 big. Um, you know, they lose both Boucher and Bell, so they're going to have to have somebody to do some of the dirty work down low. Uh, Cash and Paul White from Georgetown. So that's starting five, or, you know, that that five that collection of five players is pretty strong. So put in Oregon at 30. 29, let's go straight to Florida. We're going to go to the SEC. Uh, Kevon, uh, Kevon Allen, 
He's going to be in the running for uh, first team all SEC. I'm sure he'll get some uh, attention for uh, player of the year in that conference due to the turnover at Kentucky and then not having a ton of uh, returners back. Uh, last year's hero, Chris Gioza, I mean, he did a little bit of everything in the backcourt for them. Yes, they do lose Casey. Uh, they do lose Hill, who was their uh, stalwart at point guard, but Chios is going to do a great job. He is that perfect, undersized college, uh, do everything, unafraid of the big moment uh, point guard. Kavaris uh, 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 Hayes, 6'9", I bet he plays a bit, little bit bigger role this year. Uh, and Abugu, they're going to wait on his injury. That's really the crux here. That's like the hinge for the Florida Gator season. He comes back and does some damage. I think they'll be pretty decent. If he comes back and is limited or uh, can't be what he was last year pre-injury, then Florida might run into some problems. Um, and don't forget about Igor Kalachov for the Rice transfer. Uh, he averaged over 15 points a game at Rice. I think he'll play a Canyonberry type role uh, on this particular team. So it's important to pay attention to the Rice transfer. So slot in Florida at 29. Uh, then let's go to one of Mike's faves. I have him at 28, the Baylor Bears. They got Manu Lukamp back. The point guard is tough. Uh, very similar to Chioza in that situ uh, in that regard. Uh, not afraid of the big play. Will put up big numbers. I bet he averages about 15 points a game this year. Uh, and you know Scott Drew loves putting the point guard, uh, the ball in the point guard's hands uh, in Baylor uh, in Baylor's success in past years. I bet he does that with Lukamp this year. Uh, Jolo is going to come back. He's a massive athlete. He averaged nine points a game and almost seven boards a game, but his biggest impact was on the defensive end. I bet his offensive role gets uh, extended, and maybe he has like a motley type, uh, I don't know, metamorphosis where he turns into like this like all-conference type player. Uh, I can totally see that happening with Jolo. They got Terry Maston back. Who was one of those glue guys. And uh, King McClure, we talked about earlier in the season last year where he had some moments off the bench. He's going to get a, a expanded role this year, so he's one of those shooters that needs to knock down some shots. So let's put in the Baylor Bears at 28. At 27, let's go to TCU, the NIT champions. Uh, one of our favorite players, one of my favorite players in college basketball is uh, Kendrick Williams. Kendrick Williams almost averaged a double-double last year, undersized uh Undersized rebounder, averaged about 10 and a, almost 10 and a half points and almost 10 boards uh, at 6667. You know what? I'm going to, here's one of our predictions. I'm going to call for point guard Alex Robinson. I'm going to call for him to lead the conference, the Big 12, in assists this year. I really like what he did last year. I think he's a steadying hand. Uh, Jamie Dixon does have enormous trust in his point guards if you pay attention to those really successful pit teams. Um, so I bet he puts the ball in his hands and really trusts him with all of those decision-making skills. And I can see him leading the league in assists now that Monte Morris has gone on to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, one of our coelacanths from our coelacanth pod of uh, uh, lost uh, value of the big man is Brodzinski. Uh, he's going to average. He's going to have a gigantic year. Just mark it down right now. He's gonna have. He's gonna. It's 15 points. It's nine boards. It's it's shooting over 50 percent from the field. It's that type of year. He's gonna really do some big things. 
And then you know what the underrated part of TCU is? And we talked about this a little bit with Stanford is where they can play those two point guards together. They have Jalen Fisher, who averaged 10 points a game, but also takes great care of the ball and average a ton of assists. So imagine if they can play Robinson and Fisher together in the backcourt. TCU will not be hurt by turnovers if they get pressured, like let's say by, hey, West Virginia. I don't think they're going to be bothered that much because they're going to have two guys to rely on in the backcourt. So let's put TCU in at 27. 26, Seton Hall. Let's go with the Pirates. I think they're just on the uh, outside of the top 25, knocking on the door. They bring back three massive seniors. Uh, Kadeem Carrington, who averaged uh, 17 points a game. Uh, huge stud who led the nation in rebounding last year, Angel Delgado. He was a monster, 15 points a game, over 13 boards a game. They bring back Desi Rodriguez. Desi Rodriguez, one of those shifties, take it to the take it to the rim, really hard type guards, unafraid of contact, uh, can finish in a whole bunch of N ones. And then they have uh, Saf uh, Miles Powell, uh, who really had an impact the second half of the season. So they have four impact players on the floor at the same time, and then they have a couple of glue guys that can do some dirty work inside, that won't mind setting the picks and won't mind giving the ball up to those four particular players so they can get their touches and their uh, and their points. So let's put Seton Hall at 26. All right, and then let's, let's dive into the top 25, right? So the top 25 is kind of where all the traditional rankings start. So we'll go ahead and pay a little closer attention to things there. And uh, in the 25th position is going to be a familiar team. It's going to be one of the teams that Mike mentioned on his uh, prediction or maybe prognostication or fortune teller when he was looking into his crystal ball uh, for the 2018 tournament if it followed the 2017 format. And that's Virginia Tech. I think the Hokies are going to do big things this year. Uh, if they make the tournament again this year, this will be the first time they've made back-to-back tournaments in like, I don't know, 20 years or something of that nature. So, of course, Buzz Williams has things moving in the right direction, without question. Um, a couple of guys to pay attention to. Of course, they uh, lose uh, Seth Allen, Zach Liday. Uh We're unsure of a Ty Outlaw's injury. So they do lose those three impact players. Um, we're hoping that Outlaw can find his way back midseason and help impact this Virginia Tech team and the Hokies. Um, one of the guys I really like to have a breakout year is Kadim Sai. Six. 10 sophomore forward get to know the name i said i mentioned him before on one of our who's going to be the next big thing uh he led the lead uh he led the team in blocks last year he will definitely play a, a role in buzz's rotation um i bet he gets better this year by leaps and bounds um they got they bring chris clark back which is a sick he's a six six uh you know guard forward type swing guy he's the difference maker i think he's like going to be the stud on this he suffered an injury late last season after putting up some uh, some really interesting numbers for the Hokies. Uh, almost, uh, you know, 12-ish points a game, seven boards a game, th- over three assists, shot over 55% from the field uh, over his last 24 games. If he's healthy, I feel like Clark is going to be their real impact player, and he's a possible all-ACC type player. I really like Justin Robinson. Uh, he's that trusted point guard that you need. Um, Devin Wilson, he played football last year. You always love those football guys coming back. They're going to bring some, uh, they're going to bring some toughness and the right mindset as far as, um, how to practice and how to budget out your effort. Um, and then I really like, uh, Ahmed Hill. He's a red shirt, uh, guard, top shelf athlete. He's going to do a little bit of everything. Um, you always love when you can throw like Ahmad Hill 
on one of those uh, wings that are really talented in the um, ACC. Um, and then, of course, Justin Bibbs. He's one of the senior guards that are coming back. Um, I expect him to have a little bit of a, a, a bring, uh, comeback year, and I think he's one of the better shooters in the conference. So let's put um, let's put Virginia Tech at 25. And then another one of my darlings. I really love this team. I was so happy that uh, the way that Mike did the breakdown, it just so happened that Nevada Wolfpack. Let's put them at 24. Yeah, I'm putting them in my top 25. I think they're that good. I think they're going to be awesome. I think they're going to do unbelievable things. Uh, out west, and they're going to be one of those teams, much like Gonzaga and St. Mary's last year. I think they're going to be add them to the recipe or add them to the menu of teams to stay up late for. If they are on TV, you will want to stay up for the Nevada Wolfpack. Um, I've championed Jordan Caroline a couple of times on previous podcasts. He is a stud. Uh, he can play inside or outside. The key, Elijah Foster, he's the big man that they need. He's a low down low, 6'8 ish, 240. Um, 12 points a game, seven boards a game. Uh, if he comes back and can be that anchor down low, they are good to go. Mike mentioned that they have those NC State transfers coming back, uh, both Caleb and Cody Martin. He talked about them a little bit. I really like both of those players. Um, the guy I really like, I really like Josh Hall. I think Josh Hall is like this do-everything. He kind of exploded late in the season. Um, and I, I really think that he could be like that giant point guard um, that people are just not going to know what to do with. They can post him up. Uh, he can toss it to the wing and then run directly to the block. Um, and then he's going to have a five foot eleven guy on him. He's six six. So I really like Josh Hall. I think they're going to be really uh, creative with how they use him. And then of course I really like Lindsey Drew as well. Um, think of him as like the do everything and not afraid to not afraid to get after um, the other team's best defensive wing. He can shoot it. Um, and you love when you have a senior backcourt. Uh, he'll play a little point as well. So, I mean, Nevada, I'm really excited about them. So let's put them at 24. Number 23, I got Xavier. And this is all based on Trayvon Blewett. I think Trayvon Blewett and Gooden are going to be one of the best backcourts in the nation. Uh, I think they're both really talented. I think Blewett's going to have an enormous year. I think last year he was just scratching the surface on how good he's going to be. Uh, let's uh, Mike, Mike and I have talked about J.P. Mercura. Uh, he's going to come back and put up some nice numbers. He's going to be a nice stretch on the wing. And let's not forget about Paul Scruggs, the frosh. I think they're going to play uh, the three of those guys together, and he'll be a great change of pace guard to bring off the bench um, if they don't start all three of those guards together. I'm talking about Gooden, uh, Blewett, and Scruggs. And they do have a couple of bigs down low, to keep everybody honest, with Sean O'Mara and uh, Kevin Cantor, the Green Bay transfer, 6'10". Um, so both of those guys can do some work in the pivot. For uh, the Musketeers, so I have the Musketeers at 23. Uh, 22, let's go to Alabama. They do, uh, I mean, they do have some exciting pieces coming in, uh, but they do bring a couple of key pieces back. Um, speaking of key, like Braxton Key, 6'8", kind of do everything guard forward, swing guy, average 12 points a game. And um, uh, Ingram also comes back. He uh, averaged about 10 points a game. Both of those guys will play alongside Colin Sexton, who is the jewel of the recruiting class. And also, don't forget about John Petty. John Petty's a top 40 recruit, and he can shoot it. He'll play off of Sexton a bunch, but Sexton will have the ball in his hands and be that uh, quality point guard um, and impact player that Alabama has been searching for for so many years. But around Sexton, they do have some shooters and some players, so that's why I'm going to put Alabama at 22. Uh, at 21, I'm going to say let's let's go let's go UCLA. 
I think they have too much coming back, and they have too much talent coming in for to leave them out of the top 25. Uh, Mike talked about how Holiday's going to come back. I think Holiday is a, a brilliant ball handler. I think he's a really underrated playmaker, and I think they'll put the ball in his hands in playmaking situations at the end of the shot clock. Um, that he may not be the actual point guard, but I think he'll make a lot of decisions in um, crucial situations for the Bruins. So I really like Holiday coming back. Um, we talked about how we like Welch. Um, Welch is gonna, probably going to average a double double this year. That's one another one of our prognostications. You know, we talked about how Alex Robinson is going to lead the the conference in assists. We think uh, Welch is a lock it up for a double double this year to average. Um, really like Goleman. Goleman I think is an underrated athlete as a big. Um, he got overshadowed by um, uh, T.J. Leaf and uh, Ab- uh, Ab- Abugnu last year uh, and didn't get a ton of playing time. But I th- bet with his expanded role this year, I bet people will realize how good he is. So I think Goleman is a guy to pay attention to there as well. And let's pay attention to the freshmen. The incoming freshmen they have are very impactful. They have Jalen Hands, who's 6'10", who's going to play alongside Welsh. Um and be really impactful on all fronts. Defensive end, he can shoot it a little bit. He's got some nice post moves. Um, Chris Wilkes is 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 going to be awesome to watch. I liken him to Jalen Rose. I think he can do a little bit of everything. He can handle the ball. He can shoot it a little bit. He's a little crafty. And then uh, Leang- Leangelo Ball, uh, 6'5". I bet he finds a rotational spot. And we'll get to the balls a little bit later. So at 21, let's put UCLA. How about a 20, we'll put Texas A&M. The key for Texas A&M is going to be their point guard situation. If they have their point guard situation kind of straight away and straightened out, um, then they're going to be really good. That was the problem last year of why they ran into some inconsistencies. They asked for Armand uh, uh, Gilder, who's a, who's a shooting guard and a very talented shooting guard. He averaged almost 14 points a game. They asked him to run the point because they were so depleted at the point guard position once Caldwell was ruled ineligible. Um, Caldwell is back. He's ruled eligible. He's been killing it in practice. He's been very impactful uh, on the practice floor. And then also they have to back up Caldwell or to play alongside of him, depending on how uh, they want to do this, is they have uh, Dwayne Wilson, the Marquette transfer, who's a really trusted ball handler and has had success uh, in the Marquette program in the Big East. But let's get to the big dogs, right, for Texas A&M. They got DJ Hogg, 6'9", 12 points a game, 5 boards a game, 3.5 assists a game. So they put the ball in his hands in the half court to try to make some good decisions last year because they were so shorted at the point guard position. Of course, they have Tyler Davis, 6'10", love his head of hair, 14 points a game, 7 boards a game. And they played him alongside Williams. Williams is, uh, you know, climbing up NBA draft boards uh, he's in the top 10 of many NBA draft boards for the 2018 season, uh, 2018 draft. Um, so they play both Davis and Williams are both 6'10". They play alongside Hogg. You know the only thing I see for Texas A&M? I see that they might run into a similar problem that Purdue did last year where uh, Purdue had uh, Edwards, um, they had Haas, and they had, uh, you know, they had Swanigan. And it was troubling trying to fit all three of those guys on the floor at the same time and Painter. Uh, Coach Painter very rarely put all three of them on the floor at the same time, even though they're the three his best players. And I think uh, A&M will run into the same problem this year. I think they will try to find a rotation where they can have two of those guys, Hogg, Davis, and Williams, on the floor at the same time, and then maybe rotate in. I think that that might be a nice flexibility to have. Um, so let's put Texas A&M at 20. A 19, one of my favorites. Can't get away from them. 
Let's go with the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Love what the Gonzaga Bulldogs did last year. We rode them all year. They gave us so much enjoyment because of their season. We were so happy to see that they made it to the final game, final four, and gave UNC a run for their money. Um, Gonzaga has a ton coming back. Real, I really like their backcourt. I really like Silas, Mel, uh, Silas Melson and Josh Perkins. I think they're both uber-athletic. Um, if Perkins can take a little better care of the ball, I think that's a I think that's a really really good backcourt. And then let's not forget what they have up front. Up front is they they have three impactful players up front. Um, they bring back Jonathan Williams. Jonathan Williams uh, had a great year last year. Was one of the most consistent players. Uh, I bet he has a much larger role. They're going to let him shoot some threes. Uh, if he can make some more foul shots, I bet Jonathan Williams is going to average 15 points a game and be first team All Conference. Uh, they have Killian Tilly coming back, who was one of the freshmen that played behind uh, Zach Collins last year. I think he's going to be really impactful as well. Uh, I can see him having um, – just think about his – you know, we mentioned like his his impact in the final game against UNC where he went for uh, nine rebounds. I can see him having a similar impact. And um, the guy that really turned heads this summer is Ru Hachimura, 6'8 uh, forward from Japan. Um, who's 225. He didn't play a ton, but I think that he's worth paying attention to um, because he put up such giant numbers in the foreign circuit this year and and was really impactful. Um, so they have three because – and let's not forget about uh, uh, Jacob Larson. I think Larson, and uh, who's going to be 6'11", I think he redshirted last year. He's from Denmark. You know their uh, pension for uh, success with foreign big men. And then also uh, Norvell Jr., Zach Norvell Jr., I think that both of those guys who redshirted last year, and you know uh, Gonzaga's success with redshirted uh, student-athletes. They sit in that program. They have great player development, and I bet both of those guys are play a role in the rotation and maybe even start a couple of games. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but I'm going to put the St. Mary's Gales directly in front of Gonzaga because of what they have coming back. So let's put Gonzaga at 19 and let's put St. Mary's at 18. St. Mary's at 18 is what they have coming back is, is, is really impressive. Uh, they have a great shooter, Calvin uh, Hermanson. He shot it over 43% from three. They have their trusted point guard in MNR coming back. Uh, they have their big man, um, Jacques Landell coming back and they bring back an interesting piece Cullen Neal, who's a transfer from Old Miss via New Mexico, and he's going to take the place of uh, Joe Rahan, the former BC player. And I felt like at the end of the season, Rahan got a little bit injured and wasn't exactly playing up to snuff. And ha we mentioned this before with a couple other teams, you know, Stanford and uh, TCU. If they play uh, Nar and Neal together, they have two ball handlers on the floor at the same time and also two great shooters. So I really like St. Mary's. I love what they have coming back. I'm going to put them at 19. Um, we're going to go 17. We'll go to Rhode Island next. Give Rhode Island a little love. Mike gave them a little love as well. Um, he talked about E.C. Matthews and Terrell. I think E.C. Matthews and Terrell could be one of the best backcourts in the nation as well. Um, they do need some help down low. I, they lost all of their big men, so um, if they can find some if they can find some pieces that are going to be helpful to them down low and some rotational players, um, Lagarine, six seven guy, 
Um, Cyril, he can probably play a little bit. They'll probably give him some minutes down low. Um, but I think if they can have some rotational uh, value, they do have a whole bunch of guards that can play. They're very similar to Seton Hall minus uh, Angel Delgado. So let's put Rhode Island there. I feel like that's a little too high. Maybe we should have kept them down in the 20s and maybe in like uh, maybe the low 20s. I'm not sure, but I really like EC Matthews and Terrell, and we know that uh, guards are impactful and can play. Um, speaking of impactful guards, I think number 16, Minnesota, has one of those in Nate Mason. So if we go Nate Mason, he averaged uh, over 15 points and over five assists. There's like a handful of players that did that last year, and he's one of that handful of players. Um, Lamar Coffey, of course, uh, 6'8 forward, uh, average over 12 points a game. Um, I think the key for them is going to be if uh, if uh, Jordan Murphy can put up similar numbers. The 6'6 uh, forward averaged about 11 points and over 8.5 rebounds. If he can put up that amount of rebounding number again, I think... That's going to be important for Minnesota. And you know what the key for them? They need that required big. They need Reggie Lynch. He's not going to put up a ton of numbers, but he is going to play a role down low. I bet he almost averages about double digits this year in points and maybe about seven boards. So Reggie Lynch is going to be the key for them. Nate Mason and Coffey and Murphy are going to get some of the headlines, but I think Lynch is going to be the undervalued, uh, undersold success to Minnesota. Big games at the barn this year. All right, let's hit the top 15. Ready for the top 15? I think we're about ready for that. How about Louisville? We got Dangendale coming back. Uh, Quentin Snyder coming back. Love Quentin Snyder as a point guard. Really shorthanded. Uh, Dangendale tested out the NBA Warriors. He decided to come back as well. They have the freshman Brian Bowen coming in. Um, they also have Raymond Spaulding uh, coming back, who's a 6'10 big man. And you know how uh, Patino likes his big men. So they do have a nice core coming back. And I think if you have a point guard like Av Snyder's ilk, I think that you have a chance for success in the conference and then later on in the tournament as well. And if you have an impactful player like uh, Dangadell, I think that also bodes well. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not totally high on them. Uh, I'm not a top, I don't think they're a top 10 team. Could they sneak into the Sweet 16? Yeah, I think so. They've had the pedigree for that. We're going to stay in the ACC for number 14. Number 14 is going to be Notre Dame. You gotta love the twosome of Colson and Matt Farrell. Um, Colson is gonna be on everybody's All American team. The dude is an absolute stud. He averaged a double double, much like Angel Delgado did. Um, almost 18 points, over 10 rebounds a game. He does everything. His arms are so long. His wingspan is out of control. He can shoot it a little bit. He's not afraid to bang down low with bigger players. Matt Farrell is that point guard that's gonna take care of the ball. It's been through the system. You know how Notre Dame loves to stay old. Uh, Fluger on the wing is going to be one of those glue guys. He will do a little bit of everything for Notre Dame. Love Fluger as a player, uber athlete, one of the most athletic players in college basketball. Uh, and one of the things we talked about, again, with TCU, one of the things we talked about with St. Mary's, one of the things we talked about with Stanford, is Notre Dame will have a chance to play like these two point guards together because they're going to put TJ Gibbs on the floor at the same time. And then let's not forget about um, they have a top 50 guy coming in, DJ Harvey, who can stretch the floor a little bit. So I think Notre Dame, just because of Bolt, uh, Coulson and Farrell, and then you know you throw in the, the, the secondary guys of Gibbs, Fluger, and Harvey, I think they're going to be really good. Uh, I bet they win a couple of those games in the ACC. You know how like 
one of those games uh, during the week, and like they'll beat a UNC or they'll beat a Duke. Like they have the players to do that. Uh, so Notre Dame at number fourteen, uh, number thirteen, West Virginia. You can't not have West Virginia in the top twenty somewhere. Got Javon Carter coming back and Dexter Miles. Talk about one of the best backcourts in the nation. Not only are they one of the best backcourts in the nation, I'm calling it right now. That's the best defensive backcourt in the nation. Those guys are a menace. They, I know that's the system that they play, but just watch them as players. Both of those guys just don't care. They will. They would rather defend you than make a jumper in their face. I love both of those guys the way both of them play. Um, so the fact that they have bring both of those guys back uh, – automatically makes West Virginia just plain old-school tough. Uh, Issa Mod comes back, so they have your big. And you know what? I'm calling right now for one of the breakout players of the season. I'm calling for Lamont West. 6'8 sophomore is going to play a big role. Somebody else has to step up for them on the wing or in the post, and I think it's going to be West. So if we're going to have like one of these breakout player situations – Give me Lamont West from West Virginia for Coach Huggins and the West Virginia Mountaineers at 13. Number 12, let's go to the Big East uh, champion from two years ago, Villanova. They're going to have an all-conference type player running the point in Brunson. Um, They have a very talented freshman coming in in Spielman. Um, Bridges is coming back. Uh, Pascal's coming back. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo is coming back. And they also have... Um, Phil Booth coming back. So they have a bunch of these players. If Spelman can be a really uh, uh, difference maker freshman in the Big East, and then Brunson can be, make that jump. Um, he, you know, he was very steady last year. If he can make that jump to like not quite Monte Morris territory, but maybe make the jump to like Quinton Snyder territory, um, then I think that Nova is going to be very good again and be in the running for like, you know, a top four seed in the tournament. And be obviously be in the running to win the Big East outright. So Villanova at number twelve, love what they have coming back. Um, and it'll be I am looking forward to watching Spellman the freshman play, um, even though he was ruled ineligible last year. And they have a bunch of like the program guys coming back that we mentioned that Villanova loves. Uh, number eleven, Miami. This is the one I wasn't a hundred percent sure on. I, I didn't like putting them this high. Originally, I had them down low. If I show you the picture of the notebook, I have an eraser mark next to them um, and a number much lower to them. But you got to love the three wing players that they have, right? Um, Bruce Brown's coming back uh, almost 12 points a game, uber-talented uh, wing. Jaquan, Jaquan Newton, I love Jaquan Newton. Um, he had like a six-man role a couple of years ago and now is going to be in a starring role. I really like his guts. I really like the way he plays. He is not afraid of anybody in the ACC or anybody that's going to be matched up against him. Really love him as a player. And then, you know, they have the big fresh, uh, big freshman, uh, Lonnie Walker. Mike talked about his injury, so hopefully he can find his way back. Even with the injury, I wasn't totally sold on Miami because they did graduate their two bigs last year. So if they, much like they are so, so similar to Rhode Island, um, if they can get some good rotational big play down low, then I think they'll be in business. But this is one I'm a little shaky on. I'm not totally sold on it, but I'll put Miami at 11 just because of those three wings. I really think all three of them are difference maker players. Um, So if you have three difference maker players on the wing, you have to be, you know, at that level. I feel like all three of those guys are going to have professional careers. So I think you have to put them at 11, but I'm not totally sold on it. All right, folks, off to the top 10. If you didn't hear your team yet, 
here they come, right? Top 10. Oh, Mike, isn't it great that we're going to give you your Valentine and the Cincinnati Bearcats at number 10? I love every player that they have coming back. I think they're amazing. I, I, I love them last year. Um, well, just a quick rundown for Cincy. We'll go Gary Clark, the senior, 6'8". He will do – he'll almost average a double-double this year. We're going to call that. I think he's very similar to Kendrick Williams for TCU. Um, hard worker guy, does a little bit of everything. If he can shoot it straight, he can uh, – man, is he going to have a big year. He can guard multiple spots too. The perfect Bearcat. Um, you got Washington, the big man down low, who doesn't always play down low because he can shoot it 36% from three. Uh, 6'10", uh, NC, Strand, uh, NC State transfer is your required big. Crafty lefty, of course. Uh, Love Cumberland. Um, he averaged over 10 points a game over his last 10 games, so a little bit underrated. And he had 15 against uh, UCLA in the tournament, so I think he's going to have an impact as well. Um, Jennifer will help run the point. Uh, Nizier Brooks. And then they have, don't forget about the transfer they have coming in. They have a transfer coming in that is going to uh, run the point for them. That is nasty. He will take care of all point guard duty so all these guys can get their shots. And don't forget about their glue guy. I love this guy, Jacob Evans. Jacob Evans um, averaged 13 points a game, 4 points a game, and 2 assists a game. So I really like Cincinnati at number 10, and especially with their transfer coming in at point guard. Uh, he's going to be a kind of a game changer and um, a little different type of player that McCronin has coached in the past. Um, and I think an upgrade, if this is, sounds crazy enough from uh, Troy Copain, like as much as they loved him at point guard, I, it might be an upgrade this year, which is nuts. So since he at number 10, uh, let's go UNC number nine. You guys know I love Joel Berry, average almost 15 points a game. They're bringing back Luke May. I think Kenny Williams is going to fall into that Lamont West category where he's going to have a huge breakout season. Um, they have Theo Pinson on the wing who's going to you know, be that trusted senior. Here's the crux. Here's the problem. They fall into the exact same category as Miami, the exact same category as Rhode Island. They have to rely on freshman bigs. They have Ryan Huffman and Manley and Miller, and these guys are untested. It is not the North Carolina way to not come back with a required big. Um, so they're going to have to require. They're going to have to re uh, rely on some of these freshman bigs to play that uh, offense. And you know the way that Roy runs his offense. He really relies on paint touches, especially um, on the quick offense on the setup uh, off the delayed break. Um, so let's put UNC at number nine. Um, do I feel like they're a little too high too? Yeah, just maybe a smidgen too high. They have an eraser mark next to them in the notebook as well. Uh, number eight, Purdue. That's right. I'm putting Purdue in the elite eight-ish category. Um, love that Haas is going to come back. Love that Vincent Edwards is going to come back. Um, love that Carson Edwards is going to come back and run the point. Uh, they got Dakota to shoot from three. They got P.J. Thompson and Klein who can both shoot it over 40 from three. So they can toss it into Haas for a quick paint touch. Give it to Vincent Edwards at the extended elbow, and they kick it out for a three. And then Carson Edwards can bring it in for penetration, and they get an even better shot. I, I just love all the pieces they have there. I think Vincent Edwards is going to have a breakout year. I'm, I'm calling for Vincent Edwards to get close to 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 85% from the line. I think he's going to have that efficient type of year. Um, is he going to be as impactful as Biggie was last year? I, I, I don't know. Maybe. 
But I think uh, percentage-wise, I can see Vincent Edwards really stepping up and putting up some like mind-boggling percentages and Purdue making a great run and finally breaking through to that Elite Eight-type status. So I have Purdue at number eight. Number seven, Kansas. If we're going to talk best backcourt in the country, I think the conversation has to start with or at least be included with the Jayhawks. They have Graham and Malik Nelson, you know, um, Graham is coming back. He averaged uh, over uh, 13 points a game. And Newman is a transfer from Mississippi State. Uber talented guy, ultra athletic. Both of those guys can can make shots on their own. They can make shots from deep. They can bring it to the hole. You got Svi coming back. Mihailuk, um, he averaged almost 10 points a game. Here's what I'm going to call for Kansas. If Kansas is going to make a run to the Final Four or be a championship type team, then Vic is going to have a monster season. In fact, I'm going to call for Vic to average more points a game than Graham. So let's go back and revisit this about midway through the Big 12 season and see how many points a game Vic is averaging against how many points Graham is is averaging. So I think if if, if Vic has a little bit of a breakout season, I think Kansas can be awesome. Uh, Azabuki, of course, is going to be the required big down low if he's healthy and back. He doesn't even have to average a ton of points. Let's let him uh, grab a whole bunch of defensive boards, uh, kick it out to Newman, kick it out to Graham so they can get some fast break points, and then also be a menace on defensive end, maybe have a couple of offensive rebound putbacks. Uh, They have Cunliffe, the uh, Arizona State transfer, and they also have uh, the freshman Billy Preston coming in. And I can see see Self trying to play Azubuki and Preston together at the same time. I think that would be an interesting experiment. I don't know if he's ever had the opportunity to play like two kind of bigs together. That would be interesting to see. So I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, play itself out. But uh, if Vic has the breakout season, I can see Kansas doing big things. So Kansas at number seven. All right, USC, number six. They have so many players coming back. The fact that I wrote down this many players for USC coming back is a little bit crazy. Um, I went, you got Boatwright. 6'10", do-everything guy. He can shoot it from outside. He can post it down low. He averaged over 15 points a game. Elijah Stewart, 6'5", 12 points a game. He does a little bit of everything as well. Uh, the required big, one of our coelacanths, uh, Chiesi Metu. Uh, he averaged almost 15 points a game and almost eight boards a game uh, and really developed the second half of the season last year. They have a two-headed point guard situation. They got one of my faves, Jordan McLaughlin. Um, who averaged uh, almost 13 points and five and a half assists. But then they also have uh, the Duke transfer, uh, Derek Thornton, coming in. So they ha- they can play two point guards together as well. One of those things that I really like paying attention to. So I think that's a real plus for the Trojans this year. And let's not forget about the the other guys that are on the wing. Um, Shaq Aaron, he's 6'7". He, he can guard multiple positions. He can guard point guard to center, depending on who's playing center. So they're going to have him on the floor a ton. And the guy I really love from USC is uh, DeAnthony Melton. Um, he can make a three. He can block a shot. He can get a steal. Dude can do just about anything. And they can play him at the point, too. It's almost like they have two and a half point guards or three point guards. And don't forget, they got Charles O'Bannon Jr., who's a 6'6 freshman coming in as well. He might not even find the floor. And that dude's super talented. So USC at number six is just downright scary. Those guys are nasty. Number five, let's go to the Shockers, Wichita State. I have a number of players over here as well, and of course we'll end the Wichita State rundown with a very familiar player. Marcus McDuffie, uh, 
Six eight forward, eleven points a game. Shamit, his health obviously is key later on in the season. I bet they'll weather the storm early on um, with him playing compromised or maybe not playing at all until he's fully healthy. Um, they do have some other options that they can do. They're a little bit of a positionless uh, basketball team, much like Nevada is. Even though Shamit is like the go-to ball handler, uh, Daryl Willis, um, uh, Shaq Morris. Uh, Willis is 6'9", Shaq Morris is 6'8". Uh, both average about nine points a game and about five boards a game. Uh, you have Kelly, who's six uh, six seven guard, can guard multiple positions, about five and a half boards, about four and a half. Uh, I'm sorry, five and a half points, about four boards. Uh, Zach Brown, who I really like, uh, I think he'll get some playing time. And of course, we can't forget about Connor Frankamp. If Shamit can't go at the point, guess who's going to take his spot? That's right, Connor Frankham. So Wichita State at five seems a little low, but until the Shaman injury is transparent and we know exactly where he stands, I think we have to put him there as opposed to higher. Uh, number four, let's get to Michigan State and Mike's number one team in the country. Mike gave you the rundown on all these teams. I'm just going to give you a little reason why I think um, Michigan State is going to be number four. I think that they're a Final Four team with what they have back. I think the key, I mean, Mike loves Miles Bridges. You saw, you heard him gush about him. Uh, I think if Ward and Jaron Jackson can play on the floor together in the post and then they can put Bridges out on the wing with Lankford, I think that's going to be key. If Winston can continue to develop as a go-to point guard and if Carter can come in and play some good minutes off the bench as a backup big for both Ward and Jackson, that's an unbelievable lineup. I think if they can just get their roles defined, which you know that Izzo is, is unbelievable at, I think that they'll be just fine. So give me give me Michigan State. Give me Michigan State at number four. Uh, number three, I'm going to put Kentucky there. The reason I'm going to put Kentucky there, and uh, we talked about Kentucky a little bit before on our little rundown, is I think Hamadou Diallo is going to blow up, and I think he's going to be one of the best players in college basketball. The reason I think he's going to be one of the best players in college basketball is because all last season he got to cut his teeth against De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk in practice the whole second half of the season in the second semester. If you're going to tell me that that guy wasn't running scout team or going, uh, you know, absolute, absolutely uh, nose to the grindstone against those guys to improve himself, I don't know what you're I don't know what else he'd be doing. I think he's going to have a gigantic year. I think people are sleeping on him. Mike talked about all the stars. Uh, I think Knox is going to do some big things too. And I really love Washington. We talked about Washington as like one of our, um, as one of our coelacanths for, um, as one of our coelacanths as a, as a lost big. So I think he's going to do some big things down low too. So give me Kentucky at number three. Number two, I'm going to put Duke. The reason I'm going to put Duke there is because of the Bagley uh, uh, situation. I, I think he's too talented along with what the other talent that they have coming in uh, to leave them out of the top four. So I'm going to put them at two. Uh, let's hope that Grayson Allen can grow up as a leader and realize what he has in the breadbasket here and what he has to care for, which is all of these freshmen, and lead them the right way. This is an unbelievable opportunity for uh, Grayson Allen, so let's hope he takes the full advantage of the opportunity that's presented to him. And let's also hope that he kind of stays out of the way of the development of these freshmen and can be a little selfless 
if he loses some playing time, some floor time, some shots, or some ball handling opportunity. Uh, again, love Wendell Carter. I think he's one of our freshman Sela Cants as well. I think he's going to do some big things down in the paint, uh, down low. Uh, don't sleep on Marquise Bolden. I think he's going to do some things. Uh, I bet he plays a big role. He might not put up giant numbers, but I bet he's uh, a difference maker in the rotation as a big man for Duke. Um, and you have Duvall running the point, and you have Trent as a shot maker on the side uh, with Allen. I think that makes sense. Um, we talked about the multiple lineups that they could put out there. So let's put Duke at number two. And then number one leaves us with Arizona. Mike talked about how uh, he loves DeAndre Ayton. He loves Raleigh Hawkins. Uh, I love Alonzo Trier. We ran down some of the freshmen for you. And the reason I'm putting Arizona at number one is simply for the same reason I put Gonzaga in the Final Four last year. I think it's time. It's time for Arizona to break through. It might even be a breakthrough to the final game and to win a championship. There's talent there. The pieces are in place. He's put the work in. I feel like his karma is right, much like Mark Fuse was last year. So if we pay attention to the last couple of years, you know, we had Lon Kruger make it to a, another Final Four with that Oklahoma team. Uh, we had Coach Altman make it to a Final Four with his uh, Oregon team. We had Coach Few make it to the championship game uh, last season with his Gonzaga team. And this is the year for Arizona to make it to the Final Four and maybe win the whole darn thing. So there it is, the real rundown for you. 32, let's hit up Michigan. 31, Stanford. 30, Oregon. 29, Florida. 28, Baylor. 27, TCU. 26, Seton Hall. Then our top 25 starts with Virginia Tech. We go to Nevada. Uh, number 23 is Xavier. Number 22, Alabama. 21, UCLA. 20, Texas A&M, if their point guard situation is straightened out. 19, Gonzaga. And then, of course, we go... 18, St. Mary's. Uh, you can almost put them at 19 and 19. That would be fine with me, too. Uh, 17, uh, Rhode Island. 16, Minnesota. 15, Louisville. 14, Notre Dame. 13, West Virginia. 12, Villanova. 11, Miami. 10, Cincinnati. 9, UNC. 8, Purdue. 7, Kansas. 6, USC. 5, Wichita State. And our final four teams are Michigan State at 4, Kentucky at 3, Duke at 2, and Arizona at one. And we wanted to end the podcast by saying thank you to everybody uh, for tuning in. If you like what you're listening to, you can hit us up on Twitter at SDS Podcast. Please interact. We'd love to uh, hear what you think uh, and uh, take some opinions. If you like, uh, if you want to get in touch with the show via email, uh, please hit up the show at SDSPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we'd love to get a couple of more reviews. We're over 50 positive reviews on iTunes. So if you have a moment, please punch out a review for Screen the Screener podcast. That'd be so kind, thoughtful, and thank you for putting the time aside. Maybe you can do it when you're uh, watching your NFL football this weekend and there's a little break in the action. And um, if you want to hit up Mike, you can hit up FTS Warrior Mike. Uh, he is a fabulous follow and an absolute riot. He will entertain you beyond belief. So go ahead and, uh, interact with Mike there. That'd be fantastic. And I just want to, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for everybody tuning in and just a quick ahoy out there. You want to say ahoy out there to at Russell Y T shoot the ball London, right? And we want to say ahoy out there at sports TLK. 365 
Enjoy the football season and good luck in your fantasy football season. Thank you guys for tuning into the Screen the Screener podcast. We're so thankful. Uh, catch up with you guys uh, next week and please enjoy the weekend, the start of school, the start of football season, college football season, and the finals of the U.S. Open. Cheers, salacha, gratulatia, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.